Hello and welcome to the Tech Reformation, where the world of technology meets the worldview of Christianity. This week, it's Tank, Craig, and myself, David, again. Let's get started. So this week, I uh, took my whole computer apart. Uh, I've been having weird issues with heat and throttling. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is a PC that I built. Basically, under Mac OS and under Windows, unless I happened to be running the the little application that came with the CPU cooler, the fans were not accelerating as the temperature got warmer uh, on the CPU. Mm. Uh, so I realized that like the drivers for this cooler are just terrible <laughs> because you have to be running a piece of software in order for it to like work as a cooler. <laughs> so I ended up like taking it's a it's a liquid cooler. So the radiator, the radiator does its own thing. And I let it handle its own thing. But then I took the fans that are supposed to blow on the radiator. And instead of plugging them into the cooler, I plugged them directly into the motherboard. And I told the motherboard, mm-hmm. you manage. When you see the CPU spike in, spe- in temperature, you raise the speeds. And now now I'm running at like uh, full speed on all cores mm-hmm. uh, all the time. So you did you build this computer to begin with? I did, yeah. Nice. And so the, just the, the cooler you bought wasn't very didn't have very intelligent drivers yeah it's very stupid it's like well i guess if i was running windows full-time i could just run this little thing always but i don't really want to do that and i don't want to run windows yeah i figured that was your first meaning whenever you said i don't want to do that i assumed (laughs) you're talking about windows (laughs) well and i have a lot of ram but the reason i have a lot of ram is so that i can use it not so that my cpu core can use it (laughs) Yeah, so my laptop, We when I was going to Virginia for that um, appointing ceremony, um, I brought my laptop with me. And I guess it's a gaming laptop. The TSA guy said that matters. Uh, but when it went through the x-ray, <laughs> it looked like something bad. Uh, I need to Google what it was. I guess it, I, the guy, like the, like the lady looked at it and then she called someone over there and she turned the computer to him and he looked at it and he called me over and said... This, and it went through and says, is this a gaming laptop? And I said, yeah. And he said, gotcha. Sometimes they do that. Whenever you, they get x-rayed, they look like something really bad. I'm going to tell you what, but it looks really bad. <laughs> Bomb or gum is my gun is my assumption. But Was the laptop just in, a, in its own thing? Like an, its own container? Mm-hmm. That's yeah, crazy. Its own container and closed and something about the x-ray. Hmm. I wonder if it's the size of the batteries because those... I imagine gaming laptops have pretty hefty batteries. What would that look like, I guess? Well, you can actually blow up a lithium-ion battery. And mm-hmm. the size of lithium-ion batteries, like you could put a hole in an aircraft uh, with a gaming laptop's batteries, I imagine. There's an XKCD about this. We'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> Sounds good. Hey, uh, Tank, your microphone seems to be pointed at your larynx. I'm getting the good vibrations. Right? Could you point it at your face hole? <laughs> that better? So much better. <laughs> nice. Now it's pointing at his nose for the listeners at home. Yeah, I actually can't really see the like the angle to me. I'm I'm mostly guessing. I don't if maybe if I knew the distance of the webcam to your face and the mm. uh, focal length, I could start to extrapolate some things, but. Nice. Well, I can send you the um, the <laughs> laptop 
for specs, you can start working on it. Oh yeah, that reminds me. I was going to ask you, Tank uh, Craig, what what are you uh, what are you using? What computer thing? An iMac from I think it's two thousand and twelve, thirteen, somewhere around that era. Is it uh, so Retina? like the th- it's the thicker iMac, mid two thousand eleven oh, okay. model? Um, no, it's not. It's just before that, I think. Hmm. Yeah, it's Those just solid, it's though. actually. 21 inch or 22 inch, 22 inch, 21.5 inch. I looked at the 27s at the time and I was like, with the size of my desk, I would be, my head would be going left to right like this to see the whole screen. <laughs> so I was happy to get the small one and it's been fine and it's got heaps of storage and 12 gig of RAM. So it's always been good for video stuff. Oh, and you can upgrade the uh, the RAM and that, I think, out to you 16. You can, yeah, it's got f- four slots. So I could four go up slots. to 16 if I, yeah, if I nice. felt like it. All right, guys. So our main topic is basically, I think that the internet gets a bad rap. Bad rap? Bad rap. It gets both. Bad rap. Bad rap. Bad rap. Well, I feel like it could be know. both. I mean, when you really think yeah. about well, it. If you, if, you, if you give it a bad rap enough times, it will end up with a bad rip. I think what that's the, how it works. The internet. I'm not going to try. <laughs> um, and and I, we just went there <laughs> into bad rap territory. No, no. I was just saying wiki wiki, like the... Like Wikipedia oh, I or, yeah, I was just talking That's about uh, content management <laughs> systems. Uh, <laughs> anyway, I feel like the internet gets a lot of flack uh, and most of it's deserved. Did you, did you say a lot of slack or a lot of flack? Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> most of it is deserved, but I was thinking, why don't we, ha- why don't we pour one out for the internet? Uh, crack open a cold one with the boys. And talk about the ways that the internet has positively shaped us spiritually. So I spent a little bit of time thinking about this. I wrote out about 10 ways that either the internet or technology... What? 10 pages of notes. (laughs) No, this would all (laughs) fit on like one page. (laughs) Anyway, uh, so I thought we could go around in a... uh, Well, it's not a circle. Because some of us are in Australia. But I thought we could go around in a geometrical formation. Very isosceles triangle. David, e- e- even if Australia was a third world country, we would still have triangles <laughs> <laughs> and circles. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> um, I'll take your word on that. Anyway, I thought we could go around in a, uh, in a triangle and talk about some of the ways that the internet and technology have helped to shape us spiritually. So, Tank, why don't you kick things off? So, I've been in seminary for the past two years, and I've done all of my classes online. And uh, really, just I, I still have three years left to go, but even just these two years have changed my life um, that, and it's changed my spiritual walk. Um, you know, for example, uh, just this, uh, my best classes have been church history, um, and I read... Uh, through that, I learned about Augustine and read Augustine's confessions and, and through that seeing Augustine's love for God, um, he, he really talks in a way that, um, he really talks in a way that I've, um, not heard at least written form that he wrote different than most of the books I've read today. Hmm. And, and maybe that was part of the purpose of his book. It's his testimony, but, um, writing about um, just how God is the absolute goodness and uh, truth and how God has brought him from where he was. Um, and that's 
really, I've learned a lot from that, how, how to love God and how to see God in a way that I hadn't before. Um, and then taking classes like new Testament and writing papers over the law and versus the law and grace. And, um, and really thinking deeper about these topics and hearing from professors and PhD and yeah, a lot of these things, um, God has begun to change my walk and given me a love for not just, um, not just doing these assignments and learning from them, but giving me a love for studying and reading books by smart people and reading the Bible more in depth. Um, and if not for the ability to do this all online, then I never would have done it. It's incredible that you can get a whole good degree from online now. And I'm really thankful for that. So. What's the uh, seminary you're doing? Uh, for a while I did, uh, Liberty, um, okay. for IMB missionaries, it's Liberty Baptist, uh, theological seminary. They, uh, give free tuition for people who are doing the program, the two-year program that I'm doing, mm. I was doing. And so free is amazing. So <laughs> very thankful for that. Um, but once now that it's no longer free, I switched to Southeastern, uh, Baptist theological seminary. Um, and they have a whole online MDiv, um, missiology degree that I'm going for. Cool. So about 40% of the way done. Nice. Am I supposed to go now? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, see the whole triangle circle thing just threw me off for a bit. <sighs> I would say the first thing that came to mind for me was, uh, probably a discovery of what is now my, sort of core theology was through technology. I mm. um, I think I've told this story before, maybe so I'll try and keep it fairly brief, but uh, I think it was all sparked by having Mormon missionaries and Jehovah's Witnesses rock up on my doorstep uh, a lot in our previous house that we were living in um, and had a few books on what they believed, but didn't really want to you know, have to read through a whole book and distill down like all the different references in, this, in their different uh, scriptures and whatever. And sort of come up with a plan of how I was going to tackle it. I thought there's got to be a summary of like 10 to 15 minutes. What are the core things I believe that I can kind of um, lead off from or, or, you know, do some further study based on that. Uh, and through that found Apologia Radio uh, and through that got introduced to the doctrines of grace and Calvinism mm -hmm. and Reformed Baptist theology. Uh, and so that was then... Uh, that was also kind of around the same, like, I think that was what sparked my listening to podcasts, uh, was sort of finding that they had a YouTube channel, but it was also linked to, um, audio podcasts. So I could listen to those on the way to and from work. Uh, mm. so that kind of, uh, yeah, all started a whole sort of snowball effect of a whole bunch of other things, um, coming on board around the same time. But I guess that, that just hearing them speak about, uh, initially speaking about the Colts, which was then helpful for my witnessing to those people, but, uh, then out of, you know, around that and amongst that and whatever, just in their sort of episode to episode discussion, this Calvinism thing kept coming up over and over again. Uh, and I didn't really, I just sort of knew what it was, but I hadn't really touched it at all. Or, you know, I'd had some arguments with people about, uh, predestination and stuff, but never really, um, delved into it. And so that was kind of what set, I guess you could say put me on the, um, track to, 
young restless reformed, although I was probably at the end of that, technically the movement, I was sort of on the later part of that. But yeah, that was kind of a, a sort of, a, I, I see that as like a, a spiritual turning point for me where hmm. uh, I guess sort of the faith that I'd grown up with um, became a lot more real and deep and meaningful and um, scripture soaked rather than sort of something that I'd learned and picked up and run with without sort of feeling the need to to dive a huge amount deeper into it constantly. Um, and so, yeah, so I think that was really beneficial and that was really through the, yeah, through the technology of of podcasting that I um, discovered that. I, uh, I did the same thing, not with Apologia and not because of Mormons, but I, it was <laughs> largely the internet that made me a young restless reform person. I'm curious, Tank, hmm. is that how you joined the young restless reform bandwagon? No. <laughs> um, <laughs> Are you restless? <laughs> I um, for me, I went into Mardell and was wandering around the books section and saw John Piper, and I was like, "Ah, oh, I've heard that name before. I'll read this book." And it was Desiring God, and um, just as I read that, um, I don't know, that opened up my brain to a lot more huh. things as I began to read more of John Piper um, and began looking at people that he was connected to. Um, so, I mean, I suppose in that degree, you know, that led me to Desiring God, uh, the website, right, and um, which led me to more things on the internet. But I really think it was that book that began to make me start thinking in those, in that, in that um, theological realm. Hmm. Uh, for me, the... Uh the story goes, I was a part of a uh, Christian gaming clan for a game called America's Army. Sorry, nice. Craig. Uh, That's right. Don't apologize. <laughs> it's, um, <laughs> it sounds like it would be a popular thing. Uh, <laughs> um, it was actually a really weird game because it was based on a simulator made for the military, but they mm. put it out okay. as like a game as a recruitment tool. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, there were some Calvinists on that message board and that was just a time in my life where like, I don't know. I think that without the internet, I would have grown up thinking that like my church is the church and like everybody is a dispensational Arminian just like me mm -hmm. and just like everybody else. And if you're not, you're probably crazy. But it like the message boards first opened me up to this world of like, Hey, these are Christians who aren't crazy, who like have helpful things to say. And then one of them like mm. kind of dug his talons into me and soared me up through <laughs> Ligonier resources into uh, <laughs> reformed theology into uh, Calvinism. Would you say mm. he was in his cage stage or he was just hopefully? No, he was, he was a really nice guy. Uh, okay. He usually avoided most of the arguments, but he and I would talk kind of privately and uh, he actually Amazon sent me, uh, as a DVD from Ligonier called Amazing Grace, and mm -hmm. uh, I watched that, and that that like that led into Desiring God from uh, John mm -hmm. Piper, but the ebook version of that, and then uh, mm -hmm. a lot of Desiring God resources. Uh, Matt Chandler, Mark Driscoll, uh, I think I think somebody could do a documentary on just like how the internet shaped the Young Restless Reform movement. Like not just how it came to be, but mm -hmm. how specifically the internet was involved. Mm -hmm. mm. Interesting. Maybe we should do that. <laughs> <laughs> what what denomination were you a part of before that? Uh, non denominational. <laughs> gotcha. Yep. Yep. 
Cool, cool. Yeah, and I, I mean, the biggest thing there to me, the biggest takeaway is just without the internet, I really until until I started meeting other Christians on the internet, I really I lived in a bubble, but I didn't know it. Like, hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. maybe it was the case at that time that most churches were Armenian dispensational, but the number of <laughs> Calvinist churches and Calvinist churches that unlike what my Sunday school teacher told me were like Bible believing Christians. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I just, I, I assume there were like five in my state, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So for mine, I want to tell a little story. Um, so about once a week, uh, me and a friend, uh, an older friend, we meet for discipleship and, um, you know, we get coffee and talk about the week, do accountability. What, you know, like what, um, how, how have we been learning? How's our walk with Jesus? Have there been temptations, stumbles, um, have a good conversation about that. And then, um, he usually brings something for, you know, teaching, training to grow me, uh, as a disciple of Christ. Um, and then also another time I do a really similar thing with one of my friends who is kind of reverse. He's wanting to grow. We meet, we talk, we share about our week and I bring something that I think will, uh, help us together, uh, grow in Christ. Um, but the interesting part of that story is that, um, the friend that I meet with and I'm trying to disciple, he lives uh, about two hours away. And my other friend, he lives, um, an ocean away on a different continent. Is that what um, that Hillsong song is about? What is that Hillsong song? <laughs> um, maybe if our call drops and the audio got dropped in the ocean between it, because <laughs> I think they're in the ocean on that song. Um, and you know, I think that discipleship, um, is best face to face in your local church context, but sometimes life separates us. Sometimes your local church is not doing a great job at, um, discipling. And so, um, and so it's awesome that even whenever we're so far away that we can, uh, have those relationships that the friend that I left, I know I can still meet with until I go back. Um, in across the continent, across the ocean. And my friend who just really needed to begin growing, but couldn't find, um, anyone to help him develop into a leader, um, that we can keep meeting without me having to drive two hours every day. Um, it's just super cool that there's video chat and, um, capability to, it's almost as if you're right there looking at each other and talking and sharing a cup of coffee. Um, and it's only going to get better as like VR comes out and becomes a realistic thing. So I think that's awesome. I don't ever want to VR Skype someone. I'm sorry. It's bad <laughs> enough that you can see my face on a flat screen. I don't want you to be like, Hey, is that what's up your nose? <laughs> I never do that in purpose in person. Or, that's true. Course, not to you, but that is true. <laughs> Aren't you used to podcasting with Joe or um, Jim in the room anyway? Yeah. Yeah. Or are you only able to podcast with people in the room if their name starts with Jay? <laughs> <laughs> that is, that has actually been the case. Uh, we inter- wait, uh, on Helvetic, we interviewed my wife once and her name starts with an S. Well, maybe it's different for females. That's true. We've, I've, we've only ever, I've only ever <laughs> podcasted with females whose name starts with the letter S in the room. Yeah. So. This is actually getting quite disturbing or interesting, depending <laughs> on which way you want to look at it. <laughs> So my second, the, th- the second thing I thought of was kind of linked to the first in some ways. Uh, and we've already mentioned like Desiring God as a website um, in terms of online resources. 
but it really was uh, sort of digital-based resources in general. I, th- I think pre my John Piper um, first memory of John Piper and his stuff, pre that, I remember listening to the audiobook of Francis Chan's Crazy Love, <laughs> which really just... I don't know. Now looking back, I don't. Um, I can't remember exactly what the impact was, other than I think it gave me. I mean, I know it had a big impact on me at the time. I was like, "Yes, this is so much. So many more Christians need to be living like this, probably including me." Um, and I, I just felt a bit convicted by it, but it was mainly gave me a dissatisfaction with status quo church, with people just kind of going to church on weekends, doing their thing, going home, and then pretending like. Um, that's all they needed to do. The Christ- Christianity didn't really need to have an impact on the rest of the way that they lived. Um, so, it kind of <clears throat> put a fire in, in my belly about that. And then I think I picked up this DVD. This is, I'm going as far as I can remember. It's like in a Pokeball. Sync. It's a green it's, Pokeball. <laughs> it's Passion Conference 2012 for those listening mm-hmm. at home. Uh, and the reason I bought that DVD, it's now got some names on there that I would rather not listen to, but it hmm. I saw that it had a, a message from Francis Chan and then uh, two things down from that on the menu was a message from John Piper called Seeing and Savoring the Supremacy of Jesus Christ Above All Things. Uh, and so I think I'd heard his name but not heard much from him and so bought that DVD, watched both of those sermons. It was like, wow, this is really good. Through that, I was I was leading a Bible study. I think we did John Piper's When I Don't Desire God, which is like a, a follow-up that he did to Desiring God. So I actually did that before I'd read Desiring God. But that was, a D, again, a DVD Bible study. So it was these digital resources that, that I was able to get my hands on that um, were just at the time an easier and more practical means of consumption than reading lots of books. Um, and through that, I then found... Desiring God itself and the Desiring God website, and that has been a huge influence and resource ever since then. Um, mm. So I would say, yeah, things like um, you know DVDs and YouTube sermons and things like that. I guess would be my second. So podcasts first was sort of my entry, and then mm. once I got into that realm, all the sort of standard New Calvinist stuff that David probably wants to rail against um, in terms of Tim Keller sermons and John Piper sermons and all those kinds of things um, sort of followed soon after. Uh, and some of that I don't listen to as much anymore. What's that? Craig's bad cop today. <laughs> some of that I don't listen to as much anymore. Some of it I, uh, like for some reason, haven't listened to Tim Keller for a while. I, d- I do read his books though. Um, but John mm-hmm. Piper's stuff I still uh, get quite a bit of. And um, yeah, so uh, appreciate all of those guys, I guess, and have learned a lot through that medium of um, digital teaching resources specifically. Mm-hmm. Did you ever do uh, iTunes U? I did for a while. I did a, I can't remember what it was. It was through one of the American universities. I tried to take some, like do some sort of informal courses through there. I can't remember if it was apologetics or something, uh, but it was a really brief stage. And then I realized that I didn't actually have the time to sit down and commit to it. And so I was just listening to it like an audio book and a lot of it was just going in one ear and out the other. <laughs> yeah. I think a lot of people but listen to it like an audio book. Yeah. What was the question? Sorry. Oh, iTunes U. Have you guys done that? I don't know what it is. It's iTunes University. It gives you access to uh, university lectures, basically. Or seminary a lot lectures, of them are yeah. for free. Seminary mm-hmm. lectures. That's yeah. cool. Through an app. Yeah. Uh, so I have listed here. Uh, this won't be my thing since we're just talking about the the concept of digital learning resources. Uh, but I I did uh, at least most of Carl Truman's church history. 
uh, mm-hmm. series, mm-hmm. which is really good. And that's kind of a fun one to just listen to and let it go in one ear and out the other, because mm. I mean, if you want to know church Stories. history, you should probably read a few books, but <laughs> this helps you get kind of a broad picture. And he has some fun, interesting anecdotes. And then mm. uh, I also did uh, Ligon Duncan's uh, covenant theology thing, which was a big hit on the pub recently or not recently. I guess this was like mm. two or three years ago, but mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, I've been meaning to ask, did you become uh Presbyterian or at least pedo Baptist through Oscar Clark? Cause it seems like that is the way to become like <laughs> you start listening to Oscar Clark and you become Presbyterian. He's the slip and slide so into the baptismal font. <laughs> seems that way <laughs> no um i took an excursus that i wouldn't recommend to anyone uh, i actually entered the pedo baptism kiddie pool through uh doug wilson and okay. then yeah. hopped out because the water was too hot and <laughs> r scott clark was helpful in i guess the transition into orthodox uh pedo baptist theology as opposed to federal vision mm. uh pedo baptist theology mm. So, and I do, I do quote him a lot because I find, I, I don't agree with him on everything, but I find his take on, uh, the federal vision to be at least somewhat helpful. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of the pub, uh, Facebook groups are going to be my next thing. Facebook, Facebook groups, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. having friends that are not at my church. Uh, I mean, I like having the friends that are at my church too, but the church I mm-hmm. go to is not confessional. <laughs> they don't believe the same things that I do. Uh, and so mm. I have found it to be a real resource to be able to use Facebook, uh, mostly through groups, to find people who uh, hold to the theology of the Westminster Standards or the three forms of unity. Um, I've had good conversations with people that I would otherwise have no hope of ever meeting. Uh, not only meeting that person, but meeting anybody who believes the things that they believe. Um mm. Being in Spokane, there's kind of a, a dearth of uh, Spokane, Washington, the east side of Washington State. There's kind of a dearth of uh, reformed churches out here. Um, and also, I'm just not good at uh, becoming friends with people. <laughs> like that whole like, hey, I want to be your friend so that we can talk about theology. I don't know how to have that conversation with people. <laughs> uh, it's easier on the Internet for me. Try that sometime. <laughs> I should. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's kind of how this podcast started. Not exactly. But. Kind of. Yeah. Um, so anyway, uh, there've been a handful of Facebook groups where, uh, I'll even just join if I'm like interested in learning about a position. Like, uh, Mm. I joined the Covenanters Facebook group before I was a Covenanter and it's a great place to ask questions, uh, and learn about the position. And they gave me resources and, uh, I was able to talk to some people. So yeah, Facebook groups. And I guess I could also throw into that message boards too. Uh, but I feel like a lot of the internet is either Facebook groups or subreddits now. Mm. forums seem to have died out mm. yeah. for the most part. Yeah. I, um, my wife, Michelle and I use a Facebook group for keeping uh, prayer partners updated on what we're doing. It's uh, there's the newsletter thing, but nobody really wants to like open an email newsletter and read the whole thing and Facebook group, you know, everybody's on it and active and we can oh, just yeah. say like, Hey, I'm going to meet this person on Tuesday. Please pray for them. And, um, it's just much more, much more shorter and informal. And I feel like people are able to respond better to it. Cause it's not like this month I did this very general thing. I'm able to say like in the moment we're doing this, would you pray for them? Would you pray for them? And we've had a lot of people really respond, um, respond well to, um, 
to that medium of a way to call them to pray for the Japanese. It's been really helpful for me as well. You guys should get on that uh, IG stories game. What is that? Instagram stories. Mm. You literally just gotcha. pull out your is phone it? and you're like, hey, just did the thing. Uh, I used the bathroom. And then 15 <laughs> seconds later, you pray for me. <laughs> <laughs> Adjusting to the uh, Japanese cuisine. Are you? <laughs> that's a good idea Michelle has an Instagram I don't have one but yeah maybe she could get on that you should get one tank and you should use it a little bit more often than you use your Twitter account (laughs) yeah even (laughs) twice would be more than (laughs) when I used that one (laughs) I've always felt like missionary support letters I'm bad at actually reading those but I do Mm -hmm. feel like Mm -hmm. if it was little blips of content that were mm-hmm. more in line. Like I'm not reading about what happened last month. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, yeah, I feel like that would be, uh, that'd be cool. I would, yeah, I'll follow you on Instagram. <laughs> cool. Well, maybe we'll have to do that. Yeah. That's what our goal is. Just a little blips of like, and then people kind of follow the story of a person. We, uh, we protect, uh, privacy and anonymity. Craig's playing Angry Birds again. <laughs> could you? That is like the most um, Australian thing that could possibly have just played out of my phone. It was a Steve Irwin Facebook clip as I was scrolling through Facebook. It was it, it was him going, "Hi, I'm Steve Irwin." You know, like the crocodile hunter. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was like, "Stop! Pause! Stop! Stop! Get out!" I was so confused. There was a story on the news. This was a long time ago. I think I think the Bob is now like. I don't know, 16, 20 Bob years Irwin. old. Yeah, yeah. He's like a little Bob Irwin, the photographer, apparently. Yeah, I, I saw this on a photography blog and I was like, oh, wow, it's been that long. I'm getting old. But because uh, I remember that there was this news story on TV news, which I no longer watch, which has been very helpful to my spiritual development, not watching TV news. <laughs> uh, but they were talking about how uh, Steve Irwin was like holding his son in front of a crocodile. Uh, and this the anchor said he brought his son Bob along and then proceeded to continue talking. And I was like, he named his son Bob along. Like that sounds very Australian, <laughs> but like, what is Bob along? Like, <laughs> I was very confused. Uh, that's awesome. That's funny. Uh, Craig, I think you're up. I am. Okay. So my next thing that I was thinking of would actually be this podcast. So tech reformation mm-hmm. uh, and the ensuing online community. Uh, Just like someone, I think Tank was talking before about video chat and the benefits of that. I think uh, for the last three years, um, this has been, Tech Reformation kind of started when I was in a transition period sort of career-wise and um, things were fine, but, you know, it was just just kind of a period of uncertainty for a while at the very beginning um, and then things kind of settled down. But I've just found that over that time, having a group of sort of like-minded people who I actually had not ever met or even spoken to before it started. Um, but having that sort of camaraderie around um, some sh- kind of shared interests and then hearing different perspectives from people who are, uh, you know, in a first world country, certainly. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> I mean, all three are American, but all three, uh, Derek, Ben and Tank have all different perspectives anyway, just because of mm-hmm. the nature of, people being different. Um, and then now with David and Joe coming aboard, but also the Slack community and there's, you know, we've got people from um, England and uh, 
I think Canada and New Zealand and all sorts of places on there as well. So, um, yeah, I found that to be both a like an encouragement and also um, has helped, you know, sometimes these discussions fairly frequently, these discussions kind of help me think differently about things. Uh, and the Slack community has also, um, it's also a resource, you know, there's a prayer channel on there and things like that. Um, mm-hmm. So, we, you know, uh, we're able to... Um, submit prayer requests and and know that other people are actually um yeah at least some of them are, t- are looking at that and taking that on and um supporting uh, um other people in the community in prayer and stuff like that so i think there's lots of um lots of little benefits that have added up and over the 3 years uh have been yeah sort of a, a positive thing that i would look back on and go um that's something that not everyone in the world has access to um but a podcast and a podcast community like this one, I think is um, yeah, something to be thankful for. Hmm. Uh, let me see here. So I should mention uh, eBooks and Bible software. Uh, hmm. They're not, I guess, strictly the internet, but I've been able to find a lot of, uh, because of my uh, less common in modernity positions, a lot of the books that I want to read are not in print anymore, but I've been able to find mm, them uh, on places like archive.org, Monergism, uh, even on like the iBook store or the Kindle store uh, and read those books. And then also just having uh, having a Bible commentary, study Bible, Bible dictionary, Strong's references with me everywhere I go has been super mm. handy. Um, you know, when you're in small group and somebody's saying, oh, I wonder if this word could mean that. And you tap on the word and you see that elsewhere it's used to mean that. And you can say, it does seem to possibly have that connotation, although you don't want to fall <laughs> into the Greek fallacy of or the exegetical fallacy of thinking that because a word can mean something, it must mean all the things mm-hmm. it can possibly mean. Uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's not a good idea. But anyway, uh, both for advanced study and for uh, quick, quick lookups of things, I've found Bible apps and being able to just bring Bible resources and books with me everywhere to be really handy. I personally use mm-hmm. Olive Tree. I used to work there uh, and I still like them, even though I don't work there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I found Olive Tree helpful for, I think I've said before, for sermon note taking um, for those same kind of reasons, being able to look up things and have commentaries open side by side with uh, Bible text and stuff like that. And also found like last year I did the read scripture daily readings for a whole year. And I think that's, it was, yeah, I found that really helpful to have the Bible broken up for me into uh, a logical kind of chunks and then being able to tick it off each day and kind of see mm-hmm. track progress and stuff like that was really useful. So I would second that digital Bibles, digital books type thing. Another one that's been helpful for me has been um, software called uh, Covenant Eyes. And that one is like an accountability filtering uh, software. You know, it um, it it watches the websites you go to, and also it actually costs a little bit each month. But it will um, work as like a guard to not let you go to certain websites. Um, you know, for uh, for a long time in my uh, in fighting that that issue of um, of pornography. Um, no, I thought, oh, I don't want to use these because, uh, you know, it's not, this isn't going to help. It's a hard issue. You know, we have to, we have to battle these sins with, um, yeah, in our heart. And if I, if I put up something, you know, you can just go around it and find another way. 
Um, but over time, uh, I learned that these type of software that, and things like VidAngel, um, I, I used to see them as maybe like a prison guard, you know, that, um, or a prison like, Oh, I, I want to get out and this is going to keep me in. Um, and so I need to change my heart to where I don't want to get out anyway. And then I wouldn't need it anyway. Um, but instead recently, um, and especially as I've had long-term victory over it, um, I, I came to see it, um, as you know, it's like, uh, if we're fighting a war with sin, um, it is like a fortress or a shield that we're using that. Yeah, sure. We're, um, maybe we could get around it if we wanted to, but, um, if we have another barrier, another thing keeping us from it, then in the times where we are feeling weak, um, or even the times where we're not feeling weak and you just go to a site that you don't expect anything that has something bad on it and covenant eyes is like, actually, you don't want to go there. Like, oh, thank you. I guess I don't want to go there. Um, I've found that, yeah, it's really powerful, um, for that. And, um, it kind of fits in, in my mind to like, uh, you know, I think Billy Graham had that rule of don't ever be alone with someone of the opposite sex. Um, it's just because that can lead to bad things. And it's just, we want to put barriers in front of ourselves to protect us. Um, and so, yeah, I highly recommend it. Um, I looked up a stat uh, prior to doing this episode and it's it's 77% of Christian American men uh, between 18 and 30 uh, view it monthly and one third daily. And so it's, and this is according to a group called the Barna group. Um, Anyway, so it's a real issue in America and I want to encourage anybody who is struggling with it that um, one, there is victory. You can see long-term success, um, seek help, pastor accountability, um, fight it daily. Um, but also there are walls and technology available to keep us against uh, the parts of the internet that do get a bad rep rightly. So I wanted mm. to recommend that one. It's good. The last one I thought of uh, sharing is just, it can be a, an absolute quagmire of a uh, mess if you're not careful. Did you say quagmire? Um, if we're talking about, yeah, quagmire. Quagmire? Quandry? I've heard quagmire. No, quandry is like a problem. Quag- quagmire. Yeah. Well, that must be an American way of saying it. Moving right along. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyway, uh, the Christian blogosphere is is not somewhere that I tend to spend a great deal of time uh, other than, you know, obviously uh, websites that I trust like Desiring God and Chally's and, and a few others. Uh, it doesn't mean there's not good content out there, but it can just be a real lot to wade through. Uh, but I started a blog back in 2015 not really knowing if anyone would read it and not really minding, I guess, uh, that because that wasn't really the point of it. Uh, it was primarily for sort of helping me to apply theology to everyday life, not, not you know, obviously you can't do that through writing, but um, in terms of my in my head getting things mm-hmm. from being sort of something I'm thinking or believing to something that I can see then relating to an aspect of life or something like that. Um, and it, particularly in kind of a post-Christian culture that we seem to now in some ways be living in, um, in most ways actually. And so I've found uh, even more recently, I guess in the last 12 months in particular with some of the stuff that uh, my family has been going through with uh, my son who's got, um, uh, you know, 
potentially a couple of disabilities now. Um, he's definitely got cerebral palsy. He may also, it may also be, um, for all intents and purposes, blind, uh, although mm. they're hoping that, that will his vision will develop uh, over mm. time. Uh, but, yeah, so, so that, um, I guess, through that journey, having a space where I can go and write about what's happening but also mm. write about how my faith um, speaks into that and allows me to not get completely bogged down by that and allows me to work through it and to walk with God through it, mm. um, it has been helpful. And that has also just been a blessing in terms of not, I, I don't have to then relay the story to everyone I come across in real life, you know, in, mm. in face-to-face, uh, rather than having to re-explain the story and where everything's up to in terms of his surgeries and stuff to, um, you know, to fix the the. F- uh, excess fluid in his brain that a lot of that sort of this is where we're up to medically can happen in on that forum as well and that then means that uh, people who are interested uh, have been able to follow along and kind of know the semi-latest information hmm. semi-latest information if you're american uh <laughs> and yeah i've just found that to be uh, i guess a blessing because it's i think it's something that like i said if if no one reads it it's still helping me Personally, it's still helping me get stuff out of my head and somewhere else that then I can look back on later, or or I can just it helps me process in the moment. Um, and it and I have had then some people say that it's been really helpful to them as well to to read through those reflections and stuff. So um, that's a bonus, I guess. But uh, yeah, something that you know pre the internet and pre you know blogging technology and stuff mm. it was pretty hard to you could write journals and things like that mm. but there's something i guess about um the idea that someone else might read it and find it useful that i find uh, i i guess a bit more uh of a draw card than just journaling nothing against journaling but you know what i mean that's that's mm-hmm. kind of what what pushed me in that direction was if there's a chance that i might write something that someone else finds helpful then that's probably a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just hope to goodness that there's not something I write that leads someone down the wrong path. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's, that would be the other one that I had on my list at this stage. I like them. Um, I was reading recently about, uh, or I was reading, uh, Tim Challies recently. And, um, as he was talking about, um, the importance of Christian bloggers and how they're disappearing slowly, but, um, mm-hmm. just how, you know, a lot of people go on to, or begin writing, uh, begin start a Christian blog with hopes of like becoming famous or to get noticed by somebody. And then, you know, it's just like a step or a resume thing. But, um, you know, he was calling Christians just to, you know, keep up, uh, faithfully to a blog. And even if you're impacting 150 to a hundred people, like that's 50 to a hundred people that may never been, have heard the content that you're you're expressing and not have, um, had the chance to interact with, uh, with God in that way. Um, and yeah, he's just kind of like, don't worry about the numbers. Um, be faithful in, in sharing God's word and the good things that he's done in your life, um, through blogs. And that really helped me see, um, yeah, the, the benefit of, of, Christian blogs, like, um, just, mm. just how he said it, you know, like even if just 50 or hundred people read it, maybe they would have never gone to a site like desiring God or, um, yeah. or one of those. Yeah. And now they're hearing, um, this, this goodness about God. So. Mm. I don't disagree, but I, I, I just want to caution people that especially us Calvinists, uh, actually Jim and I are 
going to be talking about this. Well, we just talked about it on an episode that will be out when this episode goes out. Uh, hmm. Especially us Calvinists, it's very easy for us as we're writing to feel like, ah, I am an authority because I know more than average about theology and not hmm. to write from a place of like, this is what I've been going through and this is what I've been learning and I found this scripture encouraging, but to write from a place of like, I'm going, I mean, and this is, this is something I've been guilty of. Like I'm going to teach mm. everybody the basics of Tulip and I'm going to teach, uh, teach this and teach that. And mm. most of us aren't called to be teachers and most of us are actually pretty bad at it. Even if you think you're good at <laughs> it, you might not be. Um, and unless an, a body of elders had said, Hey, you're good at teaching. You should probably try to try to maintain some level of humility. Mm. Um, yeah. I at times have wrestled with that myself. Like I've got, uh, there's a couple of posts up on my blog that I, when I've posted them or after I posted them, I kind of look back and went, hmm, would I still post that? <laughs> <laughs> it's not that I, it's not that I uh, would refute anything that I've said, but um, I guess I took, I made the decision fairly early on. I think it was, um, yeah, uh, uh, quite a while ago anyway. I told my pastor um, that it existed and where he could find it. And said, you, you know, don't feel like you have to check for a new thing every day. But if you want to go on there from time to time, make sure I'm not saying anything out of line. Feel free to keep me in line if you need to. And I've done that with my current pastor as well. Mm. Um, so when we moved churches, I did the same thing. Um, and that, yeah, hopefully is a kind of a safeguard against that kind of thing. Yeah, mm. for, for me. But yes, I agree. As a in it in terms of in general, it's good to keep that in mind and be aware of that. Yeah, I like to I like to try to keep if I'm going to do a blog or a podcast anymore. Uh, mostly, it's just podcasting. I like to try to keep these to things that like. Well, if I were in small group, would I say this? Like, would I talk this much in a small group? Would I would I explain all of these things? <laughs> I might explain some of these things and then talk about how they relate to me and you know what I've been going through or or what have you. But um, uh, yeah, I, I try to I try to think like if I just did this in the middle of coffee with someone like. Would they just think I'm a pretentious jerk who wants to teach them? Because <laughs> um, the the context is important, and so is so is your station, I guess. Because uh, mm. obviously, if your pastor did that, you'd be like, "Oh, this is great! It's like church at a coffee shop." <laughs> um, but if if your fellow parishioner did that, that might not be as well received. Um, my last one here: Sarah and I are planning to move, uh, like halfway across the country in the next couple of years here. Uh, which doesn't feel like a big deal to me because I've moved all the way across the country uh, to be where I am. So this is actually both of us are moving closer to family. Um, and our timeline is actually one to two years, depending on kind of what we find and money and that sort of thing. But we are already looking for churches because that's going to kind of determine for us the the regions that we're okay with living in. Uh, we want to find a place to live where there's a good church uh, that that holds similar things to us. That's confessional, etc. Um, and so we've been looking for churches online. We've been using the uh, Nay Park, uh, which is uh, it's like a fellowship of denominate of Reformed denominations. Uh, we've been using that to find various churches and visit them. We've also been able to listen to sermons online. Uh, look even just at sermon like titles and and Sunday school titles and see the sorts of things that they're going through uh, and not necessarily reject any church based on only what we see online, but also mm. kind of prioritize which churches we want to go to. 
Uh, so that's a way that I guess the internet has not just because we've been talking all about these ways that like the internet has supplemented the church for us. Oh, I've been able to get all of this great teaching apart from my local church, uh, which isn't a bad thing. But uh, I think it's also cool that the internet can also help you find your local church. All right. Uh, we would love to hear from you guys in terms of ways that technology has helped your spiritual growth. So if you would like to participate in this conversation that we've just had, you can join us on our Slack uh, by going to slack.techreformation.com. There's also our website, uh, techreformation.com, where we got all our past episodes. This has been the Tech Reformation. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you again next week. I ain't looking back. No, no. I ain't looking back. No, no. I ain't looking back. No, no, no. I ain't looking back. I made my choice, and I ain't looking back. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah, I have a picture of me where I look kind of like Tim Keller because I photoshopped my hair and my uh, eyebrows off. <laughs> well, actually, this was like 12 years ago and it was GIMP. <laughs> nice. That was not helpful to my I tried GIMP a few times. It is not easy. No, no, it's not. <laughs>